Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Parkinson's Recovery. My ho- my show today hosts Heather McTavish, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 1995. Heather founded the New Rhythms Foundation in 1998, just three years after her diagnosis, to bring rhythmic programs to persons diagnosed with chronic degenerative and developmental disabilities. Heather, and I can, I can say this because the, the book that she has just generated is a true testament to the fact that she combines creativity, science, and art with spirit, acceptance, and humor. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Heather McTavish, who formed New Rhythms Foundation in 1998 to bring rhythmic programs to persons diagnosed with chronic, degenerative, and developmental disabilities, which Heather refers to as extraordinarabilities, which is a marvelous word in in my book of words. Diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 1995, Heather is skilled in group dynamics and individual human behavior. She combines creativity, science, and art with spirit, acceptance, and humor. She presents a comprehensive resource guide and training manual illustrating the influences that music, movement, actions, and attitudes can have on biophysical, social, and emotional levels. Heather, thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. So what are your symptoms? Well, they go right around the, the, the map, depending on, on the day and the time, um, and then also not typical of other Parkinson's patients, because I'm dealing with multiple maladies, um, some birth defects in my spine, bone implants in my knees, Lyme's disease, and now this latest, babesiosis, which is like malaria, so there's no true... Break that break between one or the other, but that being said, I have a tremor in my right arm, and this wonderful word micrographica, which is well, I've watched my handwriting get smaller and smaller and smaller, um, so now I don't uh, write. Well, I can write, but nobody can read it. Um, I have difficulty in walking. Um, also a freezing in my facial expression, so oftentimes people think I'm frowning. And a great deal of pain in my right arm, balance issues, and when I'm really low on dopamine, I sort of shuffle along. And finding my words sometimes is difficult. Well, tell us about... Projecting my voice. Ah, although you're having no problems now. That's because I'm on. <laughs> Tell us about your Parkinson's since your diagnosis in 1995. Uh, well, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, I went through a process thinking that every bad day I have was the best day I was going to have for the rest of my life, um, which made it very difficult because I thought, okay, this is it. You know, you can no longer, if I fell on the stairs, okay, you can't do stairs anymore. I was looking upon everything as being an indicator of what I could no longer do. And um, I, I got over that because I realized that it's not the end of the, the world and it, it, 
it's you know it sort of jumps around all over the place. So I, I really learned to live in the the moment. Um, the, the worst part of the beginning of the Parkinson's was dealing with a massive set of losses. I think everybody deals with is your way of life, your way of looking at yourself, your um, um, self-esteem. All these things get pummeled um, with the diagnosis of the Parkinson's disease. My big thing was shutting down my business, uh, um, moving because I couldn't do stairs anymore, and, and then, of course, dealing with the disease itself. It's been now 15 years, give or take a few months. Have you gotten better or worse over that period of time? I've gotten better uh, psychologically and physically. Um, I've also gotten worse physically and psychologically. It's, it's again, a bounce um, from challenge to triumph to challenge. Um, but I've held my own remarkably. Uh, some some aspects are, are deteriorating further. The tremor is getting uh, much more difficult. Uh, but all in all, I'm, I'm actually better than I was before because in making this shift in my life, I had to address the issues of what I couldn't do and stop them, like my job. And they ended up being the big stressors in my life. So with that stress factor removed, I was already well on the road to recovery without taking, uh, you know, medication, let's say. Although I did take a, a bundle of medication. Heather, what is the most horrific physical trauma that you have experienced in your life? That's a very hard one. Um, certainly it wasn't the diagnosis of Parkinson's. It was the most stunning experience I think I've ever had. Um, I went to the doctor um, thinking that this pain in my arm had something to do with my neck vertebrae. Um, so to find out it was Parkinson's was stunning. But um, the biggest trauma was during one of my uh, surgeries. I had spinal surgeries. And after the surgeries, it started when I was 19, I was put into a body cast from head to knee. And I had to remain that weight for four, and, and then the first one didn't work, and it was six months. Oh. But during the first operation, I contracted a um, an infection uh, that almost killed me. And I remember being that close to death, and I ended up spending another month in the hospital in an isolation room while they were trying to pump out uh, all of the little beasties that were inside me. And I'd say that was the worst time of my life. How long ago was that? I was 19. I'm 61 and a half, I guess. <laughs> so it was a so few years ago. It's about 40, but it, it really lives it lives in me because I had to ask my mother recently, when I was writing the book, actually. I kept phoning her up and saying, what about this, what about that? Um we don't remember our pain. Um, other, as humans, we can't. Otherwise, a child who is learning to walk, if they fall down the first time and bump their, their knee, they'll never get up again. So um, a lot of these things are just part of my nature, but not part of my conscious knowledge. 
you form the New Rhythms Foundation in 1998 and do rhythmic workshops for people, which involves drums oftentimes. Describe for everyone one of your sessions. My sessions uh, are a combination of drum, story, and song. And I made up a little sort of program module called Drum Story Songs. And so people have drums while I tell a story and leave hints in the story that have people guess what the songs are. And they drum to the rhythm of the song. That allows them to feel challenged and to have winning times. So um, there's also, like if I work with a Parkinson's disease group, there's a focus group, and I, I usually break it down. That's more of a training session uh, how, to help people understand how our emotions can move our spirits and our bodies um, by uh, jumping over the, the conscious part of the brain, the commander, the one that has to analyze everything and going straight from the emotions. Um, so I created a personal movement sheet for assistance in jump-starting the brain and body using countdown songs um, or favorite songs that invoke um, movement or mood. It sounds like you're crafting new neurological pathways in a very innovative way. Ah, brain plasticity, yes. My, I, I learned about that right at the beginning when I started studying um, neuroplasticity, and uh, V.S. Ramachandran is one of my um, early heroes. And I set out and actually went to Ramachandran's um, lab at the University of San Diego. I didn't get to meet him, but his associate spent about an hour with me. Um, I, what I wanted to do is see if I could change the, the progress or of the disease itself by finding out more about what was happening inside the brain and possibly changing those brains. I wanted to, um, I wanted to change my brain. I knew it was plastic. I wanted to make it plastic to my effect. That's pretty cool, if you ask me. <laughs> it, it, was, it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, uh, Ramachandran uh, was principal in having people um, get rid of phantom limb pain. You know, if somebody's got their arm uh, amputated, they, they still often have pain in that arm because the, the last thing that you, the last signal between the brain and the arm was one of probably excruciating pain or trauma. Let's say you're in a car accident and you lose your arm. The, the brain remembers the pain. And even if the arm isn't there, the brain perceives of it. And he started this mirror um, thing where he had someone look in one side of a mirror and have their hands out on one and the other side. So they would look in the mirror and let's say they'd lost their right hand and the mirror was facing to the left. And if you tap your fingers on the left side, it whoops, it looks it looks like the right side is moving. Oh. So you're able to trick your brain into thinking that you have a an, an arm there, and it it reprograms the connection between the two, and that's what I. I aim to do with music and song is to actually trick my brain into 
um, receiving other kinds of signals other than um, the standard ones from the higher levels of the brain to the lower um, by starting at the lower and, and jump-starting. Why does music help people with serious physical handicaps? Well, it evokes memories of our formative years. Um, oftentimes people with neurological issues, you know, dementia, Parkinson's disease, Tourette's syndrome, um, the image again has to come from the top down, um, but it needs a boost to get activated. and so. Initiating movement is a problem, certainly is for me with the Parkinson's. But so music acts as a catalyst, um, so that the the brain is able to process the information and go back to that point in time when you're remembering things, like when you first fell in love, when you went on your first prom. Um, they're bottom boosters. We'll be right back with Heather McTavish after this short station break. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. I'm interviewing Heather McTavish, the founder of the New Rhythms Foundation, who uses drumming, song, and stories uh, to be able to uh, help people get relief from the symptoms of chronic illnesses, including Parkinson's, which he was diagnosed with in 1995. You can always listen to my radio programs every week by calling in the following telephone number 347-945-5358 so if you know people that don't have computers where you can actually access all of the programs live during this period of time give them the phone number so they can listen to the programs even though they do not have a computer if you do have a computer as many of you already may know you can access any of my previous programs that were aired uh, any time over the last year by literally scrolling back on the radio program page. Some of you may be a bit perplexed by finding the radio program page from week to week. That's actually easy to do. If you'll simply type into any search engine the two words, the first word Parkinson's and the second word recovery, on most search engines, the very first result turns out to be parkinsonsrecovery.com. That's my main website. And what you'll do is click on that, and you'll see a very simple main page. At the bottom, it says blog talk radio well simply click on that that always takes you to this radio program page you can scroll back and you're going to see a listings of uh, programs where i have interviewed many 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 different individuals who are talking about if they have parkinson's what gives them relief from their symptoms and medical health practitioners from really all backgrounds with all degrees who are talking about what they're doing for their patients to help them get relief from their symptoms Symptoms. So the main website is parkinsonsrecovery.com, and from there you'll see a myriad of different uh, free available resources. I have a newsletter. Uh, if you'd like to sign up, you can receive all sorts of writing that I'm doing about what we're discovering from research, uh, what really helps people get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. If some of you have the belief not much is happening out there, I can dispel that through my newsletter. I'm telling you, just in the last six months, 
there have been amazing developments of people calling and writing in, telling me about the kinds of things they're doing to give them incredible and sustained relief from their symptoms. So these are exciting times for all. And now back to my previously recorded interview with Heather McTavish. Heather, so does specific music help with uh, very specific activities that people with the symptoms of Parkinson's might be struggling with, like, for example, brushing their teeth or combing their hair? Well, I, I have this movement sheet that I use, especially for people with Parkinson's, where I list challenging movements that might be, such as combing your hair. And for me, I start singing you know, from the Beatles, when I get older, losing my hair many years from now. And what I'm doing is the, the combing of the hair is not the focal point. It's the enjoyment of the music, and I find my hands just combing away, not even, you know, focusing on the struggle. Um, and so if I'm walking, I might be singing, I'm walking, yes, indeed, and I'm talking, or, you know, just walking in the rain, if making meals, um, I I sing, say, hey, good looking, what you got cooking? You see, they're all up songs. Um, putting clothes on, my favorite, and it usually gets a laugh, is when you're trying to zip your pants up and it's it's difficult. I start singing, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. <laughs> and it works. It does work. It does work. Well, what about brushing your teeth? It's a little hard to sing when you're brushing your teeth. I I couldn't think. I can't think immediately of a song specific for brushing uh, my teeth, except an old memory of a toothpaste commercial back from probably the 50s or something. Um, but you don't need to sing the song. You can sing it in your head. Um, it's uh, not something that I, I I do when I'm walking down the street and I'm and I'm singing to myself and I notice my leg dragging and I start singing these boots are made for walking. <sighs> I'm not doing it out loud. Um, I I do it, you know, in my in my heart. So it has an effect without being verbal or vocal. Where do you get the ideas for these songs? Well, I um, I wrote a book, um, it's really a resource manual called Creating Rhythms with Old Songs, um, that I'd been working on. It was my cheat sheet for years when I recognized, when I first started drumming, drumming was wonderful. And then after a while I got bored with it. Um, I needed something new and different. And that's where the... the the singing came in and then the drum story songs so I you know studied internet sites I talked to many elders and started with my mother um, and compiled a, a whole list hundreds of songs that are well known um, that create that can create a mood so I just go whenever I'm going to do a program it all, it's categorized by you know, whether it's vacation or travel or a love story. And I go through my own book, and, you know, if it's been a, a long night and if I have a fun story, all the songs might start with, 
from A to F because I've, I've finished the story before I've gotten to the rest of the alphabet on the song's availability. So I say listen to your your friends, your parents, and um, your children. depends on the, uh, the makeup of the population that you're going to be working with. Tell us more about how the songs are related to the drumming. Well, it helps with the movement. So I'm not trying to teach people to be drummers. They're using the drumming as a tool of expression and also a tool for movement. I mean, the bilateral movement when you have two drumsticks and you've got a drum in front of you is excellent neural training. When you're singing the song, you might say, you are my sunshine. Well, if you have your hand like you've got a beater, you'd go you with a downbeat, are my sunshine. And so it's easy for the group to be together because they know what those emphasis points are. Of these many songs that you've just mentioned, you've uh, compiled and documented, uh, what songs have been most helpful? Oh, I don't know. I make things crazy, too. My story songs have, are wild with leaps of, uh, of imagination. Um, I, I can't think of any one. It depends on the context that I'm using them in. So if I'm um, talking, if I'm telling a story, like I did a story about when my sister was born, and my father went to the hospital, and in those days they had a, um, a viewing place where all of the proud fathers would look at the, the babies in the window. Mm-hmm. And I had my father jostling the other guys, pointing to my sister, saying, Yes, sir, that's my baby. <laughs> so it's, it's more the combination of the song and the story, and one leads to the other. I start with a, a premise, but each song takes me on another road of travel. Why is it that drumming helps? Well, it creates movement. Um, it creates an aesthetic stimulation. So many people become isolated when they're diagnosed with diseases, and especially if they... Uh, have difficulty in letting other people see their distress. I've known people who won't go out of the house because people they don't want people to see them trembling. Well, I get what I want when people see me trembling. They open doors for me. They give me discounts. You know, I don't have that. Um, it also, drumming creates social bonds. People get into a community and using the fact that they're in community rhythm, um, takes away the isolation factor and and they're able to express themselves without words uh, which is really important and of course it keeps the brain firing when you're when you're working with two movements if you're working with movement and with with song let's say um, you're keeping yourself smart You've obviously uh, done a number of these drumming sessions and workshops. Do people get better when they attend your sessions? People feel better. So it enhances the quality of life. 
Um, results can be improved walking, thinking, memory, reduced tremor. It, it doesn't necessarily happen much longer outside the circle, and I don't aim for that. I, I aim more for uh, community and to lay a base for, you know, the next association that they would have with another group of people. Um, so I don't claim any any medical uh, correlation between uh, drumming itself. Um, I think passion is what needs to be. There's something to be said for passion, that's for sure. So of these uh, positive effects that you just list, uh, do they tend to stick or remain with people, or is they're driving home, do they kind of fizzle away? It depends on whose paper you've read. <laughs> um, Connie Tamino, who um, worked with Oliver Sacks uh, for years and years, um, and is now the head of Beth Abraham Movement Disorder Clinic, um, wrote uh, that there is an after effect, but the the effective time is not really known. It's too subjective a process for, for you to quantify it or qualify it. What does a facilitator of a group need to be most concerned about when convening a group? Myself, I had no one, I had no role model in terms of dealing with special um, special uh, circles. I, I had been taught by Arthur Hull, I read his book, but I really learned this special skill by making mistakes. And I had gone to uh, the Redwoods Retirement Home in their long-term care facility and had done a rousing session that was really well-received. And the next two weeks later, I came, and I'm not expecting people to remember me. Um, they're there with, you know, issues of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, etc. And they wheeled in this woman who was, I think, 101. And she's, they're, you know, they're getting her situated. And she sees the drums, which clicked in her mind. And she looked at me and she said, I remember you. I couldn't move my arm for a week. <laughs> So I learned about how passion, one can get carried away with passion, and she did She did too. So, you know, I was focusing on having a good time and, and having them have a good time, and I've had to since learn that there needs to be points of rest and uh, relaxation. That's why I started telling um, stories and stories. Uh, um, just having things that happen without the drumming itself. Heather McTavish, why were you drawn to create the experiences of singing and drumming with groups that have physical challenges? Well, I've had physical challenge my whole life. I think I'm, I'm really well versed in the subject from you know my all of the other things that I mentioned earlier with the spinal fusion, etc. Um, and. When I was first diagnosed, it was a pretty shocking time for me. I was in my mid-40s, and I found myself, when I was going through the process of loss, putting on a pair of headsets at night, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep from the pain or from the fear, 
and I would dance. And that movement helped carry me through. So from the dancing led to the drumming. Uh, it, it, it involves the parallel handling of motor and cognitive functions. You just, I helped process having Parkinson's and what I was going to do with my life because it was motivated in, in a way with the actual physical act of dancing, which could be drumming, which could be, you know, painting, whatever, whatever the process is that most moves you. We'll be right back with Heather McTavish after this short break. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. You are listening to my previously recorded interview with Heather McTavish, who is the founder of the New Rhythms Foundation. I've been writing about uh, the symptoms of Parkinson's and the many different therapies that are giving individuals sustained relief for now about four years. The truth is that I began rather haphazardly and randomly responding to questions that I was receiving after I put up the main parkinsonsrecovery.com website. So what I began doing is literally writing here and there about various aspects of a Parkinson's, and, and quite frankly, especially in the uh, early years, learning much more uh, about the factors that contribute to the symptoms and the therapies that make a huge difference. The truth is that about a year ago, I began to get inquiries from people that basically spoke to, can't you organize all of the information that you are assembling? It's uh, great information. We love to read it. But uh, when we want to go back and access something, it's really hard to find. Well, that motivated me to actually put together the best of the best that I've discovered in all of the research that I've done in a book that just came out this year called Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. So if you're interested in getting an assimilation, a compilation that's well organized that speaks to all of the many different modalities and therapies that people with the symptoms of Parkinson's have discovered make a huge difference to them in being able to get relief from their symptoms. You'll find all of that in my book, Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. I've just done another revision. I figure it needs to be totally up to date. I finished that just last week. You can get information about Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease by accessing a website that's simple to remember. It's www.thewordparkinsons.com word disease, both of those two join together, dot M-E. So it's www dot the word Parkinson's without an apostrophe, of course, the word disease, both of those words join together, dot M-E. And there you'll find a play-by-play -play description of how the book is organized and what it is that you'll find inside if you'd like to be able to access it. There's, there are downloads of the book, and of course there's also a print version that's available as well. Now back to my previously recorded interview with Heather McTavish. Heather, do you think drumming would be a good activity for Parkinson's support groups to pursue? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've had one ongoing since 1998 at the Redwoods Retirement uh, Community. Um, that's quite a few years. Um, and it brings people together, brings some community, and, and uh, really helps them physically and, phys and, and psychologically. It's, it's a, a wonderful uh, way to um, get movement in your life. Is a trained facilitator needed? 
no, but it, it helps. Um, I started by studying a book, and but my and then I went off and and did did it under practice. I I just volunteered everywhere, um, and so I was allowed to train uh, with a, a very set of different individuals. But my skills were really honed by uh, my mentor Arthur Hull, and I went to Hawaii to learn basic facilitation skills from him, and he's got a book and a videotape that would do the same. Um, I'm self-taught in most everything. Um, this is my school of extraordinary ability that I went to. <laughs> Remain in. I never have graduated from it. So um, I tended to do it on my own, but I... I just the community that's created with being a, with a group of like people um, really enhances the situation. But I've known many people who hold these drum circles. I get emails and phone calls from people from all over um, asking for help and guidance. And many of them haven't had any training, any formal training at all. Uh, but they've got the They've got the training of the spirit, and that's what I look for in, in thinking, wondering whether or not someone's going to be successful. What's the best way a person can ask for help? For help? That's a, that's a very sticky point with me. Um, I've hated asking for help my whole life. When I couldn't do this, I was in a wheelchair, that... I've always had to ask for help, and the more I had to ask, the more I hated it, and and I wouldn't ask for help, and I struggled needlessly. But I came across the idea that instead of asking for help, I could request accommodation. And since that time, it's it's been freeing. It's been about seven years now that I I made that shift. Um, to could you accommodate me? It 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 in it gives me a a feeling. It's it's really subtle, but it gives me a feeling of of self worth. And and if I'm denied that assistance, I don't take it as as being something that's denied to me personally. So it it, it asking for accommodation is not a supplication like asking for help. And there's another way to ask for help, and that's with, of course, song. So if you're more comfortable with someone, you might just start singing out, Help, I need somebody, help, anybody. There's always a musical way to get over those rough patches. I have in front of me your book titled Songs, Science, and Spirit, Musical Keys to Open Special Doors of Ability. Can someone buy your book and become a self-appointed facilitator of drumming sessions themselves? Of course they can. Um, I would, of course, recommend Arthur's book first, uh, and if possible, um, his videotape, and then uh, Hawaii, if you have the ability to to do that, but reading Arthur's books, which are the basics for drum, for drum facilitation, my book deals with the specific population of people with challenges, with, and of course my, uh, my biggest um, uh, knowledge is, is in that of 
Parkinson's. And you can take the book and, and start experimenting. Um, the problem is that the book isn't quite published yet. So it's it's coming. Um, I've had some other issues that have uh, taken precedence over the publishing of the book, but uh, they seem to be uh, responding well to medication. Well, it sounds like this is something that people can look forward to uh, coming out soon. What is one of the funniest things that has happened since you have begun working with groups? I worked for six months at a place in San Francisco called Central Gardens. It's a um, skilled nursing facility, or a SNF as they call it, which I don't, I don't care for that word, but it's a long-term care center. And we, were, we went there for six months and videotaped the process that was happening with the residents and with, with me. And that's how I really developed the Drum Story song um, part of the program. And one time I was doing a story song about um, they had to they had to come up with the song um, Row, Row, Row Your Boat. It was part of the story of this young man who was discovering America with had, who had no money. And they were having difficulty coming up with uh, the, the song. So I, I provide hints. And finally I said, this is San Francisco. What are we all surrounded by? And a man in a wheelchair shouted out, a bunch of idiots. <laughs> and I, I absolutely fell over. I know it's not probably correct in, in terms of culturally or whatever correct, but it was the most hilarious thing um, because he his body was gone, but his wit was right there. And I I really admired that in him. It, uh, this book that I've read called There's Still a Person in There, which deals with people with Alzheimer's. It's a reminder um, that this guy had a fabulous sense of humor. Um, he couldn't walk, but he had a fabulous sense of humor. And so from being on the outskirts of the, the circle for the month or two before, once he did that, he became a, a real integral part of the group and really joined the group and was there without fail every time I came. What is one of the most touching things that has happened? I know a woman with Parkinson's, and I saw her uh, decline and go into a care facility. And when I was doing, uh, I used to do some uh, standard circles at a uh, at a facility. I would bring her because there aren't finances to do that. So I would pick her up in my car, and her attendants would come in the wheelchair, and I watched them shove her into the car, bending her head down, um, just sort of banging her in there. I thought it was hugely inhumane and when it came time to leave after the session and there were quite a number of people they were all discussing how we were going to get her back into my car and I said let me do that just stand back a bit and Inca was close to six feet tall skinny as a rail but but very tall and I asked her if she trusted me and she said yes and so I started singing Dance with me, I want my arms about you. 
the charms about you. And I got her swaying. And before she knew it, she was in the car. <sighs> I swayed her into the car. And it was... It, 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 it's one of the most moving things um, that, that really shows how um, music and emotion uh, can, you know, move, uh, move people and, and make them fluid again. Do people have to stand when they drum and attend one of your workshops? Stand, sit, lie down, depends on where you're comfortable. I've, um, I've just, I've got, uh, I've made modifications to just about everything I have. The important thing is a level playing field. When I first started drumming, before I actually did drumming, I was at a drum circle and I couldn't drum. I couldn't control my arm at that time. And so they gave me a, a shake array, you know, something that makes a noise when you shake it. Mm -hmm. um, because that was what I was infinitely qualified to do with my tremor in my hand. And I sat there and refused to participate. I, I was devastated that I was so singled out that I was the only one who couldn't drum. And so it, it left a, a huge impression with me. And so now I've modified all of my equipment so that everybody can do it. If you've got one arm, if you've got no arms, um, I, I find ways so that everybody starts in the same way so no one feels above or below the other people in the group. What do the drums look like? Well, they come in all sizes and shapes. It depends on... Uh, what kind of drumming you're doing. Hand drumming um, is usually uh, something called a djembe, which is an hourglass, hourglass drum. Um, but I don't favor that because it takes two hands and it takes the movement of the hand. And my hands uh, don't handle that very well. So I use um, Native American hoop drums and they're they're round, they're relatively flat. I've got a, a stand that they go on with Velcro, so you can pick it up if you want to, um, but you can uh, have drum um, drumsticks in each hand and drum away that way. And they all have um, drawings on them, etc., which creates story and interest. We'll be right back with Heather McTavish after this short break. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. You're listening to my interview with Heather McTavish, who is the founder of the New Rhythms Foundation. I've had several inquiries over the last several weeks from people asking, which book should I be interested in acquiring that you have written? I've got actually three books. I just mentioned to you a description of the first book at our last break, Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. It's my perspective on what causes the symptoms and what therapies have proved to be truly helpful to individuals. So it is truly a compendium of the natural approaches that people are finding make a difference, the approaches that don't have uh, egregious side effects. I also have two other books that I really just want people to know about, and so you can know if there's one that might be helpful to you personally. 
if you are stuck in your road to recovery, if you find that you're making some attempts, that you're flirting with various therapies but not finding much uh, return in all of your efforts, then it may be that the five steps to recovery uh, is going to be a huge help to you. I've literally gone out and mapped over on to the challenges of Parkinson's the steps that a person needs to take with their transformation of thoughts in order to be able to see sustained relief from their symptoms. So it's about thought forms and how they can help us manifest our destiny or literally do us in. There's a second book, and it's called Pioneers of Recovery. And that particular book constitutes 14 interviews with individuals who had the symptoms and are finding ways to get relief. A couple of people are symptom-free, others are on the road to recovery, and then there are also seven interviews with individuals who are healthcare practitioners of one type or another, and they're talking about the therapies that they find are making a big difference to their patients. So two books, two possibilities in addition to Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. The five steps to recovery information is easy to locate. It's got a website that's the same name as the book. So the name of the website is www.5stepstorecovery.com. And the Pioneers of Recovery book, also the description of that, if you want to get additional information, has a website of that very same name. So it's www.pioneersofrecovery.com, all one word. So I've tried to describe in great detail what's in the book, who I interview, what they talk about, what the subjects are, what the content is. Pioneers of Recovery is a good book to get if what you'd like to be able to have is some hope from individuals who are actually making relief possible. The uh, pioneers are true inspiration to us all. Now back to my previously recorded interview with Heather McTavish. What beats have you found are most healing for people? The beats they find within themselves. Not the learning of others' beats, but their own beat that is given room for expression. Um, I, I learned this from Arthur to create a group song. And I have people start, one person will start a rhythm and then I'll call in another person. And the, the song shifts, the group song shifts with each person that comes in who adds their bit of expression. Um, and, until everybody's in and they've, it, it's magical. It's absolutely magical. It's their own beat. It's their own song. Do you train people to be facilitators of groups? Yep. I mean, yes, my mother would say. <laughs> <laughs> in the past, I've had several training workshops. They go over the weekend. I used to travel. I've gone to uh, workshops that I've conducted in uh, Austria, in India. Um, you know, Fresno, Fresno is one of my favorite places, actually. The uh, University of California, Fresno, and their gerontology unit. Um, they've got quite a drumming community in Fresno. And so I hope to do be well enough to do more in the futures, in the future. But um, I, I continue to uh, help people by um, sponsoring them or um, mentoring them in some way. 
How do people get in touch with you, Heather? I'm at, uh, my email address is rhythms at rcn.com. And know that rhythms is the longest word in the English language without a vowel. Therefore, it makes it rather difficult to spell. So it's R-H-Y-T-H-M-S at R-C-N, Robert Carol Nancy dot com. How do people buy your book? Well, they can uh, send me an email and say they're interested, and, and they can be notified of the availability when it happens. Um, the other thing that they can do, uh, back to training to being a facilitator, sorry for jumping around, is to join a Yahoo group called Drum Circles at yahoogroups.com. That's where so many of the drummers from around the world, the facilitators, share their stories. They, they write in and say, what did I do right here? Um, can you give me some help in what I should do differently? Um, it's, a, it's a fabulous resource. From all of your uh, explanations, it's very clear that drumming and, and singing and uh, the design of these very special workshops have helped you get relief from your own symptoms of Parkinson's. What modalities other than drumming have been helpful to you? For me personally, um, carving, singing, teaching. The carving was fun. My friends begged me. They, they're looking at me with this trembling arm. And I take up carving with sharp knives. And they said, Heather, you know, take up pottery, do anything but something with a sharp knife. But actually the focus of the work uh, stopped the tremor while I was doing it. So I'd say anything that is your passion, um, it, anything that creates a positive emotion in you. This is having a diagnosis of Parkinson's is an opportunity for, for growth and expansion in ways that I never dreamed of. When you mention carving, what exactly are you carving? Is it wood? Is it metal? Is it uh, stone? It's wood. I've actually been in a couple of shows now. I, I never had any artistic background at all, never had any musical background. This all started when I was 50. It's like, what, what is her name um, who started drawing when she was uh, in her 90s or 80s? I've forgotten her name. Oh, I don't know, but I should interview her. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Long gone. <laughs> so what kinds of objects are you carving in particular? Are they human figures or animals or, or objects of uh, nature? They're actually very much like my drum facilitation. I see something in a piece of wood, and I... I, I see a piece of wood that attracts me, the lines, the flowing, whatever it is, and I go with that. So I'm not making things. I may end up with a bowl or something, but they're, uh, most people find them very evocative. Um, and what I aim is to have something that I want to touch all the time. So if I understand it, then you don't have a preconceived idea of what you're going to carve. You almost let the piece of wood talk to you and, and tell you what, what needs to happen. And that is an exact metaphor on what your aim should be when you're doing a drum circle. Let the participants talk to you and lead you in where you're going. Ah, so you don't have a predisposed plan of exactly what's supposed to happen. It really oh. evolves as people meet together. Otherwise, you're bound for failure.
You've had the symptoms of Parkinson's now for literally 15 years. What would you want to say to anyone who has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease? I would say, welcome to my world and find a passion and go for it. Is there anything else you want to be sure and uh, talk about here that, that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet? There's probably a thousand things, but this is <laughs> this is uh, this is a good start. I I I can't off the, the bat uh, think of anything, um, and in two hours I could probably come up with a hundred. <laughs> uh, isn't that true? Uh, you might want to mention where you're physically located so that people uh, who would like to be able to actually connect with you personally might be able to do so. I'm, I'm in flux. I was in Marin County in California um, with this, uh, this last uh, illness that I contracted, the, the Babesia. I've had to move uh, with my, so my family could help me. I'm now coming out of it, but for now I'm up in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Although when people phone me, they think I'm still in California, the the wonders of uh, mobile telephone numbers. Well, it's so wonderful to hear that you're uh, coming out of uh, this infection that you acquired several months ago and that the book is about uh, to be published. Yes, I'm looking forward to the next step or the next dance. Heather McTavish, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. This is Parkinson's Recovery, and I am Robert Rogers. There is a ton of information available to you through parkinsonsrecovery.com website. We do a blog. We have questions. I answer those questions. People comment on those questions. Everything is uh, categorized, so if you have specific interest in any particular topic, you can go to the blog, and you can type on that category and see all the articles that have been written about that particular subject. If you'd like additional information, you can always submit questions. That's available through the website. You can always give a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 877-526-4646. So if you're kind of sitting around thinking, oh, I'm all by myself, there's nobody out there for me, there is support that's available. One of the most important suggestions I have for everyone is to begin tracking your own symptoms. There is something uh, I call Symptom Tracker. I hired a bunch of programmers to actually program something that allows you to track your symptoms over time. What I've discovered is there are many individuals that pursue certain therapies, begin to get a great deal better, but don't realize it. So it really helps to be able to see the improvement over time in certain symptoms. And of course, it also helps that certain symptoms are beginning to slip to acknowledge that so that you can focus your attention on the therapies that are going to make the most difference in helping you to get relief from those symptoms as well. It's called Symptom Tracker, and you can get access to that by going to the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. There's just one little icon there in the very middle of the front page. Click on that. And quite frankly, there's uh, just a login page. I don't have a lot of fancy explanation for symptom uh, tracker, but all you have to do is register by entering a username and a password. You choose those. 
and you want to make sure to remember them because you've got to go back in and access your information at a future point in time so you can begin tracking your symptoms. All that's private information, and so nothing is tied to you personally. It's all simply information that only you know about. So that's what's happening here uh, at Parkinson's Recovery. Lots of information, lots of resources, lots of support for individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's as well as individuals who love and care about those who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. I want to say again, it's incredible the developments that are happening out there in terms of new therapies, new approaches, uh, natural, no side effects that people are reporting to me are making a huge difference in their ability uh, to be able to walk, talk, function, think, feel good, you name it. So we're all excited that the developments combined together are showing that, yes, it is possible for individuals who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's to get sustained relief from their symptoms. These are indeed exciting times. There are many, many, many different specialties out there that are available to be considered. And as the research shows that I've done, each one of them shows that there is a positive result. The question is, which ones of those therapies are going to make the biggest difference to you. How do you figure all that out? And my answer for you is, you can obviously sort through some of the books that I've written, and you can also just listen to the interviews that I've done, just as I have completed with Heather McTavish. What you're going to find is a wealth of insight, ideas, and suggestions from people who are either healthcare practitioners who have specific experience in helping persons with Parkinson's or individuals who actually do have the symptoms of Parkinson's themselves. Uh, the, the interviews, the radio programs, I want to say, are remarkable in, in all respects. How can you hear them? Again, it's the, uh, through the radio program page, and you'll be able to scroll back. All the programs are archived. We're not talking about anything that costs a cent. Everything is free. If you have an MP3 player, you can download any program to your MP3 player, and while you're exercising, you can listen to the program. So all the programs are described, and they're categorized by topic. So if you have specific interest in a program, you can obviously go to that, and you can obviously also listen to programs about therapies you've never even known existed. We do the program every week. It's Thursday, as you probably are well aware, at 11 o'clock Pacific time, so 2 o'clock Eastern. Anybody throughout the world can listen to my programs. All you have to do is go to the computer, and you can listen through your computer at any time after the program is actually aired. And you can also download any and all of the programs. Again, if you don't have a computer, you can listen to my uh, radio program live if you connect in when it's actually aired live by calling 1-347-945-5358. Again, this is Parkinson's Recovery. I am Robert Rogers. You can sign up for our newsletter by going to the main parkinsonsrecovery.com website page. Enter your email address and what you're going to get are basically the discoveries that we've been able to make as a result of reading the literature, talking to scientists, doing the interviews as you've just heard here on my radio program, and sitting down by myself and literally incubating all of the ideas so that we can come, come up with ways that people really can heal from the symptoms that are described as Parkinson's disease. 
This is Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery. We look forward to connecting with you again next week. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound here in the grand state of Washington, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.